Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Lava. Written by Betty Adams. So, Commander of the Central Flight wants to make a formal ceremony of the act of gratitude. 45 clicks informed the human who was busily strapping something onto his legs. He, uh, 45 clicks stopped speaking as he realized exactly what the human had been trying on just to make sure he flew up to the top of the backpack the human was loading on and chirped in, sounding the fragrant depths. Why are you packing up this personal heat shielding? 45 clicks demanded. He wasn't sure why all the fur on his body stood on end, but by the gum on the mother tree he had learned to trust his instincts. I needed to get samples, the human replied cheerfully. Forty-five clicks wasn't one to perch on ceremony, even by the loose standards of his people. He leapt up and threw his forty-five grams of mass in the face of the human and dug his wing hooks into the soft flesh of the human's ears. This let him glare furiously into one of the cavernous pupils of the larger mammal. What? Samples? Forty-five clicks demanded. Of lava, the human said quickly. Hey, uh, wing hooks, man. Why? Forty-five clicks pressed. For fun, the human replied. Where are you going to get lava from? Forty-five clicks demanded as slowly as he could. That volcano that just popped, the human replied, gesturing in what forty-five clicks assumed was meant to be a direction of the former mountain. It wasn't. How did they survive in nature on their own with the poor directionless things? The volcano, 45 clicks said, the one that nearly killed three flights, the one that took down not only our subwing atmospheric flyers, but also one of your near indestructible helicopters, the one that utterly destroyed hectares of land, the one that is currently spewing ash, gas, and liquid magma. It isn't magma after it gets to the surface, the human insisted. Forty-five clicks groaned and loosened the human. He slid down the human's chest until he caught on the broad hand. The hand was covered in scars so thick any of them would have utterly incapacitated his wings, and a fresh cut that he knew the human had gained when the rescue operation. Forty-five clicks sighed and rubbed his eyes. You're not going to collect magma, lava, the human corrected hopefully. Lava samples from the volcano... Forty-five clicks said firmly as he could. For fun. And why not? Demanded the human. I just can't right now, forty-five clicks said. Just go ask the commander. Well do then, the human said cheerfully and set off. Forty-five clicks flew up and passed over the backpack once again and glared at the thermal armor. It assumed that it was only for rescue operations. His mistake. End of story. Story number two. Convenience Store Aliens, written by Enthusiastic Sausage. So these fools, uh, I mean, people, they, they'll just give me money. I do not even need to threaten them. Are they stupid? 
Were they not given appropriate nutrients as cubs? Asked Fleet Lord Kalra, System Conqueror and Destroyer of Worlds, and now newly hired cashier. That's right, said John, manager of the Stop and Go, controller of employment and tenure of time off. They will just give you money, although I would ask you please refrain from calling it names like stupid or fuels. They are customers. John reflected that the two were often synonymous with being a customer and continued. Customers will often enter the store, browse the aisles for a bit, pick up produce they don't actually need and then come to you. You will take their items, scan the barcodes, and put the items in a bag. Tell the customer the total price of the purchase, and they will give you money. Quite often, more than the total. Cal Ra smiled. Terrifying sight on a creature that John thought looked like a really tall chimpanzee with a lion's head. John hoped there weren't many of his kind out there. He was having a difficult enough time not relieving himself in the store as it was, and he hoped it wasn't obvious. He summoned as much of his managerial coolness as he could. Cal Ra would not like this next part, but you can't keep it. Cal Ra roared in anger, the customer immediately returning through the door that had just entered and walked away. Then what is the purpose of taking their money? I should summon my fleet and platen this establishment. It should not be the first time I've done so since being denied my due. Because it belongs to me, John swallowed, silently praying to the gods of small convenience stores everywhere. Carl Ra froze in shock, amazed at the audacity of the tiny being before him. You see... John began to explain, glad of the background check that he'd done for his newest hire. I own the store, therefore I own all the products within it. You are an employee, which means you work for me. Now, pretend I am a fleet lord. Would it be acceptable to allow the most junior crewman on the most junior ship to begin stuffing his pockets before determining the value of all the goods acquired in the latest raid? I see now, human manager John, that makes sense. And it did. Kara would never allow anyone to steal from him. Manager John had potential as a fleet lord. He would never rise as high as Kara, of course, but potential all the same. Have you ever engaged in battle, manager John? Your words carry the wisdom of one who has. I would much like to see you exchange fire with an enemy or blows in the arena. John thought for a moment. He supposed he would fought battles of assault, and as he looked through the store windows and into the parking lot, he saw a wrinkled elderly lady with a permanent scowl getting closer to her car. Don't worry, Carl Ra, you'll get a chance to see me do battle soon enough, because we forgot to make a new pot of coffee, and I didn't receive the cigarettes I ordered for the last shipment. We do, however, have a new scratch-offs, I just hope that'll be enough to hold off the ancient foe of my people. End of story. Story number three. Being helpful, written by Alt Cipher. Please try to relax, Broodmaster, the small, pale orange being said, crossing one leg over another. Thank you, Madame Growl, Alec said to her. Alec was slightly larger than the therapist. Growl, at over a meter tall, I, uh, I was ordered to come here to talk about, uh, about the incident. He sat on the plush couch and made himself as comfortable as possible under the circumstances. Grill's office was quiet and decorated in soothing colors. 
Take your time, broodmaster. There's no rush. Eating happens in one's own time. Growl's only voice was open and patient. I, uh, I'll start at the beginning, I guess. I was part of an expeditionary force on, uh, J-17-115. A no-name backwater planet, strategically located, but otherwise unremarkable. We have never visited it in a million years if it didn't sit less than two jumps from the enemy's second largest supply route. Alec looked at the holographic windows over the calm blue sea with wispy white clouds overhead. My platoon was separated from our division. We were cut off and stuck between an enemy, ground forces, and a massive swamp. We found a place to hole up, but uh, I still lost a third of my soldiers. We, um... Alec's voice choked off. That's when you called, Growls asked. Yes, we called for support. We had hoped for Melek to Perg troops. They were part of the expeditionary forces as well, and we had heard that they were in the area, but uh, they sent, um... It's okay, Alec. Take your time. They sent humans. Alec burst out in great sobs. Growl waited for him to process it. Several snotty minutes later, Alec was composing himself and he tried to carry on. We, uh, we saw two fireballs coming from low in the east, Alec said. The fire snuffed out before they reached us, but they still landed hard. Have you ever seen a human up close? No. My practice is a bit specialized. Humans don't seem to require my services very often. Well, don't. They're massive. Almost twice my height and at least five times my weight. And these two that came to, uh, rescue us. Massive, even by human standards. But their size wasn't the worst part. Go on. You know how there's a reputation humans have about being reckless, taking too many risks. There's that old joke. A human designer is showing off his latest ship, and the Hulk client asks how many escape pods it has. The human says, what's an escape pod? Well, it's not just a reputation. I mean, I'm not racist, but some stereotypes are real, you know. Growl just nodded. She'd learned long ago not to inject her personal feedings into her professional judgment. Anyway, these two humans that came to rescue us didn't come in a ship. They had dropped out of low orbit, burned off the velocity, and landed within ten meters of us without nothing more than an armor that they wore. Mind you, this was all during the battle. There was at least a dozen heavy cruisers from both sides blasting away at each other in orbit, plus God knows how many fighter craft buzzing around. And these two jumped out of a spacecraft, fell damn near 500 kilometers through the pitch battle, and landed between an overwhelming enemy force and an impossible swamp. But you know what was the worst part was? No. They laughed when they took off their helmets. They laughed. They thought it was fun. And they were already talking about doing it again. My goodness. After they were done slapping each other's backs, they came over to us and I introduced myself as the broodmaster. The one with the dark hair said his name was uh, Daryl, but we should call him Tex. The one with the orange hair said his name was, well, something I can't pronounce, but he told us to call him Scotty. They asked if we were having trouble. I explained the situation and they took a look around. Alex's eyes became unfocused and his hand began trembling. They, um, 
Alex said, his voice falling into flat monotones, had come to rescue us. Two men against an army. They had no backup and were planning on no reinforcements. I asked if they had a plan. They laughed. Again, what's a plan? Tex said. I heard whimpering from my troops, but me, I held stronger. They would never see their broodmaster break, no matter what these humans would do. Alex's eye snapped back into focus as he looked at the therapist. At least, that's what I tried to tell myself, but I did. I broke. What happened next? Grell asked, gently as she could. The humans had only brought as much armaments as they could carry on themselves. While humans are massive, they cannot carry an infinite load. They told us... They told us that we would be... They told us that we would be bait, and that they would lure the enemy in by offering us up and then killing them. That must have been awful. Beyond awful. Just hearing the plan was bad enough. They pushed us further into the swamp, when God knows what kind of animals awaited us. They found a small, dry island where we could wait, and then disappeared. Not magically, mind you, but they faded into the shaggy trees, and we didn't see them again until it was over. But we heard them. Oh, gods, did we hear them? The enemy had called up to us and were pressing in. We could hear them splashing through the muck all around us. Then we'd hear one loud splash, and the whole swamp would grow quiet. We learned later that the humans were stalking them and would use a blade, a damned blade, to kill any enemy that had been separated. Finally, the enemy spotted us clearly, visually, not on the scanners that they had been using to track us. There were dozens of them. We were outnumbered, at least five to one. That's, uh, that's, um, when the humans... It's okay. I've read the report. If you can't continue, Growl said. No, I need to finish this. The enemy was closing in and we were facing certain death. The humans had rigged some sort of explosives before they left without telling us. Once the enemy was close enough, the humans detonated these claymores which had surrounded us. We were standing in the middle of a minefield without knowing it. When those explosives lit off, it was like being in the middle of a fireball. We watched as the enemy was blasted apart around us. Not all of them, but enough. The enemy survivors still had us outnumbered, but only two to one now. The humans popped out of their hiding spaces and had the enemy in the crossfire. The, um... The surprise worked in their favor. Six of ice soldiers went catatonic. Between the fear, the explosions, and the humans seeming to appear out of nowhere, it was more than they could handle. I was hanging on by the barest of threads. The humans' machine guns tore through the enemy, reducing them to strips of meat. There were more explosions as well, but I, uh, I barely noticed at that point. By the end, the humans were covered in head to toe in blood and mud. The enemy lay dead all around us. My troops were saved, physically, if not mentally. I was beyond numb by then, but one thing got through to me. It's what the nightmares have been about. And what's that? Standing there, covered in filth, they smiled again, perfectly white slashes across the mud-covered faces. They had enjoyed it. They... 
They had laughed again and congratulated each other. One of them, I couldn't tell which one through the muck, said something about beer and the other said something about whiskey. They, uh, this, uh, this is normal to them. Or, at least, not abnormal. They offered to evacuate us back to Earth, but, um, can you imagine a planet filled with such insane beings? Even now, my mind recoils. I suppose we should be grateful that they are our allies. I'm not sure if they're more dangerous as friends or enemies. They're for certain dangerous when they're close, Alak paused to think, and they're probably dangerous when they're far. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.